You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that, and like you, right now. So be encouraged. And let your light shine. She eats so much lettuce. I told her today, I said, I think you're going to overdo it. And like someday you're going to be like, I don't want lettuce again. Salad, you mean? Salad, I guess, yeah. yeah. She eats it for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then snacks. I'm not kidding. And... She just loves it. It's crazy. I love salad. Breakfast. What's on a breakfast salad? Oh, anything. Any kind of salad. And then I'll put like a poached <clears throat> egg on it or I'll slice avocado. I love salad. She tends to overdo <laughs> things though. Skittles was one of them. I told her, so this is going to be like Skittles. Oh, you never touch them again? No, she can't them. touch them. It was kind of a spiritual thing because oh, Pastor Dale was talking about giving things up and throwing them on the altar. And I said to Rob, I said, I got to throw my Skittles up there. I can't touch them again. And I gave up Skittles. I ate a four-pound bag from Sam's in about four days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did. That's a pure sugar rush. Dang. That was when the kids were little and there was always candy around. That is the, we found out, probably the worst thing you could possibly eat. It's like that type of candy, a Skittle or like a... It's a naked carb bear. or something. They call well, it, it destroys your molecular pathways. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It does. Molecular pathways. You recovered from your four pounds. It is, yeah. It, sugar is the worst thing in the world for people. By because it destroys your ability to process your other foods. It kind of ruin your body's ability to, to absorb what it's supposed to yeah. from the other stuff. So, like, do you feel bad? What do you give your kids um, during the holidays? Big bag of uh, Sour Patch Kids. Yes. The Sour Listen, Straws. Skittles and Sour Patch Kids mm-hmm. and Starburst mm-hmm. are oh, <laughs> <laughs> they are, are like my family's favorites. Yeah. They're not huge chocolate fiends. They want Skittles and Starburst and mm-hmm. Sour Patch Kids. And I'm not the healthiest <gasps> person the in the world, but she I'm sent learning. me. I was, I was down in Florida doing some fishing thing, and she sent me this podcast. Mm-hmm. It was the best podcast I ever it heard. It changed his life. Other than really. yours. He loved of course, podcast. Of course. <laughs> but it did. It just made More sense. More brownie points. Yeah. Sugar, like naked carbs. Sugar without a fat or a protein attached to it. Like a chocolate bar would have a fat or a protein attached to it. Oh, this is so interesting. So they're like the worst things you can put in your body. It just spikes your glucose levels. It, it's just crazy. We should have good, them on, on the topic of health or something like that. I'm learning so much right now. If I put sugar in my coffee with cream, then in a way it's more acceptable. It's not naked. Right. It's, it's got a skirt on. It's got a skirt on. <laughs> I like that. When you put it with cream because you See? get your fat there. It's not as bad, Kate. <laughs> it's You're okay. okay. So wait, uh, do you uh, have salad for breakfast too? No. Like together you have your salad? It's offered. Okay. At every meal. <laughs> but I try to limit it to dinners or lunches and small portions. Hers is, if there's a plate, it's like 80% salad, 20% the good stuff. Yeah. And mine, she would pile it up, but I just leave it. And now she gives me littler portions. And I try to look like I ate my salad. Just running over here with Getty squash and a big salad. We only had like two minutes. We're like, we'll finish this when we get back. Well, her plate, the salad's gone. The spaghetti squash is still sitting there. My plate, the squash is gone and the salad's still sitting there. Yeah. Do you eat meat? I love meat. Okay. Yeah. 
They don't eat it excessively because she doesn't, so it's not like it's readily available. Yeah. Have a few Brazil nuts. That'll make you feel good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That'll make up this for it. This is so true. I've, now I realize how crazy it is. People will talk to about it. <laughs> I would be in totally now that we're saying this brainwashed out loud. at home, apparently. <laughs> it's working. It is. Love it. Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Beth. Now I'm ready. It's Kate. And we are here for the second year in a row, although this is the first time you're going to hear them, with Mr. and Mrs. Rob and Lisa Schwartz. Welcome back to the month of love, the marriage podcast, 2023. Oh my gosh. They were actually here in 2022. We recorded a whole entire episode. Yeah, my formal apologies. And then it disappeared. And we tried to get them back in the studio to re-record. And they said, no way. (laughs) So we gave it a year, 365 days. And they are so gracious to be back with us, sharing their story with us. If you want to hear about their personal stories, Lisa is on season one, episode 13. And Rob is on season one, episode 34. So check those out. They were both fun episodes to listen to. They have been married. Lisa will say 28 years. 29 in October. Rob says close to 30. (laughs) They have three grown kids, two in-laws, a daughter-in-law, son-in-law, and three grandkids. Mm -hmm. And they are here to share their tumultuous love, (laughs) trauma, love, passionate story with you today. That is good, Beth. And that is exactly true. (laughs) So we're so glad to have you here. But why don't you guys fill us in on your love story? All right, so we went to school together. We both grew up in Columbiana. Since cross- kindergarten. Yeah, since kindergarten. He was really good friends with my cousin Jack, so we would cross paths often, but we never noticed each other or knew each other. My friend Chris Paris was kind of hanging out with him, and I was like, what are you doing with him? Get away from him. You know, he's bad news. Because oh. everybody knows Rob Schwartz was a wild kid, got in a lot of trouble. I'm still pretty good at it. <laughs> but anyways, that was probably... After the kiss on the playground, fifth grade, we kissed because it was a big dare thing amongst all the fifth graders or sixth graders. He just said, okay, I dare you to kiss Rob. And so we had a we had a kiss. And like, was that fifth or sixth grade? Fifth grade. I lost my favorite vest on that playground. Yeah. I set it down and you distracted me and I lost it. Yeah. So then I think it was about eighth grade talent show, the last day of school. There was this amazing man up there playing the air guitar to Aerosmith, and I fell instantly in love with him. Walk and it was Rob way. Schwartz. And I was after him from that moment on. I feel like I didn't hear this last yeah. year. Okay. Well. I like this. <laughs> it's amazing what just having a guitar strapped around your neck can do. Yep. So then, ninth grade, we were hanging out. There's a big circle of friends, Chris and Rob and Ken Cooper and Steve Maddie, just a bunch of gals and guys, and we all hung out and did things together. On his birthday, 15th birthday, we took the Golden Nugget, which was the work truck at Whispering Pines Golf Course, and we hung out all night with the friends and went to fun and pizza, and that night we just decided we really like each other. So we started dating. We were 15. We were driving. We were 15. It was my birthday that night. (laughs) And yeah. we had a truck full of people driving around in Boardman. Yes. In this like 1970s truck with three on the tree, stick shift. And so it was fun. snowing out. And we were doing like Brodies in that fun and games yeah. pizza parking lot. So that's when we really, I knew I was in love with them. 
I just loved being with Rob. He was fun. He was wild. He was bad. He was, I was chasing him all the time. So all through high school, that's how it was, dating on and off, on and off. So we call ourselves high school sweethearts, but it was tumultuous, like Beth said. And it was on and off and crazy. And then we graduated and Rob really wanted to pursue his career with golf. I was going to school to be a teacher and we got pregnant. And at 20, we had Christian and, you know, everything changed. And so I was ready to settle down. I wanted to get married, but I wanted to finish college first, maybe. But Rob's still kind of sowing some wild oats. Just through a series of events, came to the conclusion that we want to spend the rest of our lives together. We loved being together. I mean, since we were 15, it. it was a lot of fun. I mean, she was just as wild and crazy, too. I was. So we just had a blast. (laughs) But we were 23. We got married. It was about a year later we came to Jesus. So then our lives changed radically again. But it's always been really hard and really wonderful. And like we've said before, and I don't know if it was in that last podcast that didn't get aired, (laughs) but a lot of how we seem to make it together is we, we came to the Lord about the same time. So we've been walking this out together just figuring it out, making mistakes, but at the same time. And usually, well, one of us is strong, the other one's weak, and it, it just really has worked out. That's mm-hmm. why we're here at 30 years married. Almost. 28. <laughs> <laughs> How long has it been since you've been 15? How many years is that? 36. So mm-hmm. we've been together 36 years. More than half your life. Yes. <clears throat> Way more. I remember when we were married for 15 years, and I was like, wow, we've now been married as long as we were alive before we met. And that was 15 years ago. It goes fast. It does go fast. Yeah. But it keeps getting better and better every day. It does. It does. It gets better. What have you guys learned about God in your 28, almost 29, (laughs) round up to 30 years of marriage? You go, babe. I would say I learned that he's always for us, Mm -hmm. even when we're just doing stupid things, which I'm really good at. But he's all about redemption and redeeming relationships and individuals. I've learned that. And he's just always faithful in doing that. Because every time, you know, you get a little closer and you find out more, it just keeps building on it to where no one could ever tell me otherwise. Like, he is going to show up. I've learned that he's everything everything we need. You know, whatever we're facing, whatever situation... No matter what it is, he's just always been what we've needed. And there has been times I've prayed some nasty prayers for his break intervention. Break Rob's legs. This is true. Break oh his God. legs or break a leg. That's the reality, Rob. <laughs> and I, I broke one. And he broke a leg because he was racing dirt bikes every Sunday. And this is like maybe a year, <laughs> within the first year or two after we came to Jesus, and we should be in church. But he was racing. And I'm not kidding you. I did. I'm like, Lord, just break one of his legs. <laughs> Gen- <laughs> gently. <laughs> And he broke a leg. So we joke about that, yeah. but God will answer all my prayers. I hope everyone out there hears this. <laughs> if she prays for you or against you, it's uh, going to happen. But he always just shows up in wonderful ways, mysterious ways, ways you never expect. But he's just so faithful. Who's he had to be to you in the middle of your marriage? Well, he's had to be my comforter a lot. I just read the scripture the other day about how the one he loves, our heads rest between his shoulders. I think it's in Isaiah. When I first read it, this was two years ago, I first read it. 
And it literally took my breath away because when I envision myself with Jesus or with Father God, that's where my head rests. Most of the time on the front of his chest, which is between his shoulders. But when I read it two years ago and it stopped me in my tracks, I was on his back and he was Father God. And there was these big dark woods in front of us, but I was resting on his back like a father carries his child. And so always a comforter, always my strength always there to lovingly hold me and just get me through whatever it was we had to get through, whether it's marriage or kids or friends or finances or whatever, but always my comforter. I feel that too, but I feel like he's always been my peace in crisis, like things that just you would think, or if you thought about him long enough would destroy you, you would feel like it, but he could lift that. And it was supernatural because that's the only way I could explain it, that you can literally have very bad things happening and give it to him. You can have peace in it, yes. which blows my mind. It really does. Mm-hmm. But he, he does it all the time. And, he, and now it's just easier to hand things over to him and say, no, this is going to work out. Amen. And, and a lot with our marriage, you know, big situations um, personally, but a lot with our marriage because we both want it to work out so bad that we can be hurt really bad too. And I think a lot of the times that we come back together, it's after we've just handed it over to God and and He's given us a peace. And then all of a sudden, things change. The circumstances change. Yeah. You can tell when we've both surrendered something. Mm. And you guys have been on the brink of divorce. Yes. And gone through some really dark times. And you're sitting here now like, it just keeps getting better. You're so cute (laughs) and like so Twitter painted with each other. But talk to us about some of the struggles that you went through and how you ended up working through them and coming out on the other side. We have had a lot of struggles, as I'm sure a lot of married couples have. But the one thing that we continually struggled through most of our marriage was where we stand with our kids, raising our kids I had a very different idea of what we should do or not do or allow or not allow or how our Sundays should look or how our vacations should look. I had it all planned out of what it was going to be like raising our kids. But Rob, just because you grow up in different homes, different ways of of living, he had a very different approach with raising our kids. So throughout all of our lives, we just experienced empty nests two years, almost two years ago now. Micah left the house. Yeah. So we're empty nesters, and you kind of have to revisit where you are in your relationship and, and you know where you're headed with your marriage and so forth. But it's amazing how much our friendship has developed since the kids are no longer a part of the equation, I think. Very true. Because that was always That was, yes. You. When you think about it, too, yes. like Christian was born before we were married. So it was really never just her and I in a marriage. It was always the kids. And I mean, not that I, you know, resent it or was mad about it, but it was she really took control of that. She loved babies. You had to do it her way. And I'd think, if I'm going to sit around here and you're going to leave and go do something else, I'm going to do what I want to do with them. <laughs> but I may talk the talk, but I did exactly what she wanted me to do. <laughs> not all the time. No. But I did not agree with a lot of the ways that she wanted to raise the kids. Did you fight back and forth about it? Or did you just say, okay, fine, whatever, you win? Or I what think, did that look like? I mean, we fought, but I think we both gave a lot, too, in it, really. I mean, I 
drug the kids through the woods in the middle of the night tracking deer or throwing them on a dirt bike and watching them run into a tree and all those things that I thought were fun and part of growing up. And I took them to Barnes and Noble and bought them <laughs> books and brought home the crafts and had their play school. Yeah, Rob was taking them out, getting them crazy, but it was, it really was, I would say, first a fight and an argument. I'm standing my ground and Rob's like, I'm standing my ground. And we'd have to just like have this this process, I guess, that we'd probably fell into some patterns. But the really fortunate thing about our marriage was we were always willing to go to counseling. Yeah. And I had a lot of friends who their husbands would not even entertain the idea of counseling. So I was always so thankful that Rob was willing to go. Whoever our pastors were, we've been to, this is our third church in our 28 years. That was probably what really helped us to finally give in. Okay, let's revisit this. Okay, I don't always have to be right. Okay, Rob can have his way to. Yeah, well, we both realized really that helpful. we had our glasses that we were seeing things through, yes. through our families that we grew up with. Yes. So usually when we thought we were going to get some counseling, we would think, oh, when we get there, they're going to tell the other one how wrong they are. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get there real quick. And then right. it's about 50-50. It really was, yeah. which I think we started to realize too, like, wow, neither one of us are right about a lot. It was fun too, because we had all this wisdom they were pouring into us, yes. experience, and I think we both liked that a lot. Mm -hmm. So we have no problem going to get some help or counseling. I actually like it a lot. What kind of Our counselors tools? are scratching <laughs> their heads. <laughs> what kind of tools have you walked away with from counseling that have really helped you? For me, it was to really show love to Lisa and a love and respect, care for her in a way that she would receive it. Because I, I didn't need those same things. And same for her. So it was hard for us to see those, but we had a lot of great advice. I could think of many, many times with Chuck and Lynn, and he would always ask those questions, you know, like, what are you? He'd ask Lisa what, what she wants, what she needs. And you don't have those discussions when it's just the two of you in a heated moment. That's mm -hmm. good. So I wanted to know, but you just don't get that kind of dialogue when you're disagreeing about things. Yeah. So we really would look forward to when we got there. We'd both just kind of zip it till we got there. Well, Wait until we talked to Chuck and Lynn. Yeah. Well, it just, and it started with Pastor Dale and Mrs. Dale, because when we were at the Climbing and Tabernacle, Pastor Dale, Mrs. Dale, wonderful. They'd have us over. We had a young family. We didn't even have Micah yet, but if we needed some guidance or help, they were awesome. And then we got to Abundant Life when Pastor Don, Don and, and Pauline... I mean, life-changing for us. That's the first time I experienced inner healing. Like, I had some really deep issues that were really deeply suppressed that caused a lot of problems in our marriage. And so I was so thankful for that, getting counseling and love from them and guidance with that. And then when we were here with Pastor Chuck and Lynn, just another level because we're at different stages with the kids, you know? So our experiences with counseling were all different. I would say the biggest thing that I learned or took away the tools from counseling was that I have to stop looking at Rob and pointing the finger. I learned in counseling, you really have to look at yourself more than your spouse. What are you willing to change? What are you willing to examine and lay down and be vulnerable with rather than stand in your ground? I'm right, I'm not moving on this. So I would say that was probably the biggest tool I learned from counseling. So now that you are empty nesters and you said you have to get back to the two of you, what like are you rediscovering newness in your relationship or is it like, oh yeah, this is like high school again or 
Like, what does it look like on the other side of the kids being out of the house? Back to 15. Wild and crazy. <laughs> no, I was, I was scared, just to be honest, because like, I knew how much the kids meant. For me, it meant a lot that they were able to go out and do their thing and be on their own. But it was going to be a huge crisis for Lisa, I thought. It actually didn't turn out that way. God's timing, the way he shows up, the things we worry about usually don't happen. And it has been awesome. It really has. What's been awesome? It's been awesome to watch Lisa blossom into who Lisa is. Not just a mom, but she's just got so many gifts. And she's so good at them. It's fun watching it. She gets to do what she's passionate about. And she was passionate about taking care of the kids, but that's still not your individual gifts. Just like we try to bring out of each other or our kids. They just pour out of her since since then. Yeah, it's definitely different than high school. It's We're just radically different people from high school. Rob always says how he has a new wife every two to five years. <laughs> yes. Which I th- research shows that, you know, theoretically you're married to the same person, but not yes. over a lifetime that you end up about every five years, you know, re-becoming yes. or changing yeah. parts of you and you become a different person. And so that's what's so wild to me about marriage in general is because you're saying yes to this person that you're seeing now at 23, yep. who will be someone different at 28 yes. and 32. And yes, you know Kate. I mean? like, yes. No. So yes good. This works for me <laughs> because I'm a seven and I hate boredom scares me. Yeah. So <laughs> having a new wife every three or four or five years You've loved is it. awesome. It's been hard at times. It is hard, but it, it's exciting too. But I mean, knowing that has been a huge key to us sticking it together because we know that's the reality of it and we embrace it now instead of, oh man, that's not the person I married or mm. she's just changed. We used to love doing this and now she's doing something else. Mm. But when you embrace it, there's a whole nother level of getting to enjoy that part too. That's so good. It's, it's awesome. And probably Rob's got to embrace over the last two years since Mike is gone and we are empty nesters, you know, embrace what he is expressing, how I have gifts and talents and now I'm able to really develop those and find out who I am. I knew who I was. It just never took the time for those things. It was my kids, my family. But I feel like in the last two years, what I've really learned and what I've really appreciated about our relationship is he's not only embraced some of the changes, but has encouraged and just 100% like, yes, Lee, this is what you're passionate about. Do this. Let's make it better. One thing, for example, I was in the basement when I first started my personal training business, which Rob was all about it. He's the one who got me started thinking I could actually do such a thing. But then he's like, let's just convert the attached garage. Let's bring you up here. Let's make this your gem. He's all about it and making the dreams bigger. He's always been a big dreamer. One of the things about myself that I've loved about our relationship, how it's evolved and changed in these last two years, is that I have actually learned to not be so needy. I used to really demand a lot of Rob's time. Where are you? What are you doing? What do you mean you're going out with your friends? You should be home. And that really was hard for me to let him have to be robbed with his friends and do those extracurricular things. But now yeah. I feel like I really love that about Rob. That's one of the things I found in love with him about. He's so wild, he's fun, people love him. He loves to be at the crowds. Not as much today as you used to, but. That's because you're always with the crowds now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really changed about our relationship yeah. is I feel like I've learned to let go of the clutches. And so he feels more <clears throat> like, ah, oh, I want to be home with you more, Lee. 
I'm more relaxed. I'm more, yeah. I'm more like, it's yeah. okay, whatever. Let's just, today is today. Let's just appreciate today. And I think Rob loves that part of me that's really only started to develop and grow over the last couple years. I do. There's just a great lesson in that. People control each other. And it's not to their own benefit at all. Yeah. That's like Chris's sermon on Sunday, just the idea that we use so much of our time to manipulate each other. Yes. Oh my goodness. So that we're serving our needs. Right. It was probably kind of scary at first, you know, because you, you try to go with what you're familiar with. But now that we've been like practicing it and rocking it out, it's not at all. Like so if we go home and she tells me she's just decided to do something totally different and <laughs> we're going somewhere else, and <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised and I'm, I'm ready. All I know is that you didn't go out, and I was more the go out. But Lisa goes out more than I do now. What do you mean by going out? Because I don't go out. Well, go out to Lisa means you just went out with your friends and you partied or something like that. But <laughs> going out to me means you're going out, having other relationships, friends and family and experiences. Okay. That's what going out to me means. And she's doing that more than I'm doing that. Not that I'm missing it, but it's really cool. Oh, and that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that is so true. I've really learned to love my people and to be with my people and to take the time. And if Rob's home or if he's not home, it doesn't even matter anymore. I mean, I love Rob. Mm. <laughs> I See, like the that. truth comes out when you're with other people. I've just finally learned how to live my life, live life, and not feel like I have to be like a bosom buddy with Rob now. I felt mm. like raising our kids, we better be bosom buddies. We better be here all the time together through good or bad, whatever, and just held the clutches too tight. But now the two, these past two years, just being free and really investing into my friends and into my kids and into my community. I love that freedom. But also with our relationship over the last two years, our communication. Mm-hmm. How Rob just said, we've had a chance to practice and, and get better at certain things. We have absolutely gotten better at communication. We're still practicing yeah. and failing, but I used to put this wall up. The one We went to Emerge Ministries for a little while there when marriage was really rough. This is probably when Christian entered high school. David was our <clears throat> counselor, and he said, Lisa, you put up a wall like a lightsaber. It's like, Bloop! and there is no penetrating that wall, that lightsaber, until I felt safe again. You know, Rob learned about safety, and we learned about vulnerability, but... That is less and less and less and less. And I think because Rob really knows how to just be like, listen, Lee, I do. I want to hear. Tell me. It's okay. Like, I didn't have to clam up. I don't have to run away. I don't have to give him the silent treatment for a week. He genuinely wants to know. Let's communicate. Let's get better at this. And I love that about Rob in this season. I really feel like he pursues me. I don't know if I felt very pursued when I was mom. But now that I'm wife, I really feel pursued. I love that. I like chasing you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did my share chasing since we were 15, so this is good. But think about it. Like, There's not a lot of room to experience that while the kids are growing up or you're raising them. So it's one of them things where we believe if you can hang in there long enough, things can work out. There's just not a lot of room for being able to do what we do now, then. And that was three kids, and that was 20-some years of not getting to have these kind of conversations. And now there's a lot of couples that somehow do. I think in a lot of this, they're around the right people and they have good mentors and they tell them it's important. But still, when life happens, ugly heads rear up. (laughs) 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 They take precedence. All I can say is it will come. I tell my friends all the time, and I have some of them that come back and they'll go, I told my wife that. And I go, what did you tell your wife? Because (laughs) I told her that it's just going to be you and I someday. 
and things will change. Like the kids are going to move on and it's just going to be us. So we need to stay, we need to stay together and work it out. Yeah. Rob would say that to me often. I was like fending for one of the kids or wanting this for one of the kids or there's times where it feels like the kids become a wedge and Rob would say, listen, remember Lee, at the end, the kids move away and it's you and me. And he would say that and I would think, oh my gosh, yes, I have to remember that. Rob and I, it's not going to be me and Lisha one day. It's not going to be me and Micah one day. It's going to be but me and Rob. I wasn't always that good at it. No. I mean, I was tried. But she would suck me all the way to the level of exploding. <laughs> and then and then it was, see? See how angry you are. See how wrong you are. Let's go talk to Jacqueline. But, I mean, there was those steps I was trying to take, but I would at times just totally lose it and oh, just man. prove it. I'm a crazy man, you know, rip the car off, drive off the side of the road and lose it. But I was trying to do that, but... It would go that far sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then I'd always be so surprised. We'd come into the office with Chuck and Lynn, and Rob would be like, yeah, okay. And Chuck would be like, right, Lisa? Isn't that what we want to try? Yeah. Okay. And we'd walk out holding hands. I'm like, what is this magical thing called counseling that just, I don't know. We loved it. We do love it. Why do you think some people resist counseling when they're having a hard time? I don't know, but they're missing out. (laughs) I don't know. I, I really don't know why somebody yeah. would choose to not go to counseling and have a third party. I was going to say, there's so much power in the third party. Yes. I hate to say yes. it, and I probably wouldn't, but now that I'm an old man, I say things I don't, oh. <laughs> I don't really care about. <laughs> but I think if that's the case, that person really doesn't care enough. If like, they don't want to go? If they don't want to go, and they just want to keep going down that road or controlling that person, they need to have a God encounter. Like, yes. With a broken leg like I did. <laughs> but it's for real. Like I think about Lisa and I were always willing to go there and get the help. Neither one of us wanted to give up. I could be wrong. I hate to judge people. But if they're not willing to do that, they need to figure some things out. And that they can't keep going down that road. Well, and Lisa, I mean, you mentioned this. You know, a lot of your friends' husbands wouldn't go to counseling. Yes. What do you think it was about you, Rob, that that wasn't a barrier? I like to learn. So I'm like a sponge, especially around older people. I love older people. So mm-hmm. I like hearing the wisdom of people that have done things, walk through them. That's just something uh, that I crave, too. So thankful that it was a part of him, though. It wasn't anything I consciously thought about, you know. It worked out. You know, it's funny. It's one of our first counseling with Pastor Donna Pauline was literally about a knife in the sink. Dirty dishes. Rob not cleaning up after himself. But the reality was that was not the issue at hand. It was a butter knife with peanut butter on it. In the sink, after I took all that time to load the dinner dishes and clean the kitchen, and then there's a knife in the sink. No, Now, but- it's her knives in the sink. <laughs> <laughs> and it drives me crazy. <laughs> it does. You're funny. But what's funny is it could be those little things <clears throat> that, and then they just add up, add up, especially young marriage. I would think young marriages, it's more common. They add up. But here's what I was thinking, Beth. Maybe husbands are like, oh, that's just ridiculous that she thinks those things. But really, that's just the superficial part of what's lying underneath, Mm -hmm. you know. And with good counselors like we have around here, you're going to get to that stuff that's under the superficial. It wasn't about the peanut butter on the knife. It wasn't about the knife. Not at all. Mm. (laughs) What you find out is you're the one that gains. I've just found that out every time we go. And a lot of us, I mean, we have our selfish reasons why we're arguing about these things. Mm -hmm. 
but we learn when we go and talk to people that have some good advice. Yes. And that benefits us. Yeah. It's not so much that Rob wins or Lisa wins. It's the marriage wins. The whole family wins. Yes. Because we were so close to divorce a few times, and that was the most devastating thought to me because I grew up in a divorced home. That was one of the reasons I just said, I'm, I just never, ever want to divorce. I want our family to be safe and protected and always with mom and dad together. It was just like a deep, deep, deep desire and passion of mine. But the marriage wins when you go to counseling. You know, you learn things as a husband and a wife, but the marriage really wins. And here we are, proof of that. Well, Rob has talked about how you are shining in this season of your life and doing all the things that you're, you love and you're passionate about and helping people be healthier and personal yeah. training and nutrition counseling. What's Rob doing in this season of life that makes him shine in your eyes? Rob shines so bright as my husband. Like I mentioned earlier, how he really pursues me. And I don't feel like that used to be a part of our marriage or a part of what Rob would offer me probably because I was so consumed as mom and Mimi, which I did grieve through that. But he's just shining so bright as a husband. He's like a new, wiser, more mature, more confident in who he is, and so comfortable where he is in life that he can give me so, so much. I just feel so loved and cared for and heard. So he's absolutely shining at a whole new level as a husband. But even with his friends, like he was saying how he his friends will say things about their marriage or hard times or whatever, and Rob will come home and share with me some of these conversations. And I love that he's shining for Jesus with his friends because we have been through so much. I mean, how dare us to not be able to share that or pass that on? And some men might not share, like, this. I came to Jesus, and this is what he did for us, and this is what he's doing for us right now. And Rob is so open with his friends just about his relationship with Christ, how he is, what he's done for us, and then offering advice to some of his buddies about, listen, just reminder, it's going to be you two in the end, and it'll get better. Hang in there. So he really shines bright Thanks, as a friend. You're welcome. What's your advice to the people who can relate to your story of being in the thick of raising kids and just so many conflicts and feeling like this, we're just not going to make it? Walking through that, what do you have to say to people on the, on the other side who are maybe on the brink of giving up? Stay plugged in. <laughs> Go on, share about that. I can't believe you're going to make me talk about this. <laughs> we stay intimate. We do. And we did through hard times. And we just always have it. It just keeps us connected at another level. It really has. It's not just about sex, but it's about connecting. And you actually, at that point, you feel the other person's love. I don't know how else to put it. And it's not always the most opportune times or you're in this big romantic great thing going on. Sometimes it's been in our hardest times and our roughest and toughest trials but Mm -hmm. we have continued to come together in that way and we both agree we knew we were going to talk about this i mean it could be uncomfortable but we both agree that that has actually been a part of keeping us together it's not what keeps you together but it has kept the door open for so many other things to work out is what Mm -hmm. it feels like. Yeah, because you think about intimacy and connection. It's a beautiful part of God's plan for marriage is being intimate. Only you two share such an intimate, beautiful connection. 
And so even at the times where we were literally not able to talk, we were so mad at each other, we couldn't communicate, we would have like these really rough times and we were in counseling and there'd be times where he would come home and I would just be crying and he'd hold me in, in his arms even though we had no clue how to communicate, no clue how to get through this, nothing. And we would make love and because it is a supernatural thing and it brings you to a place of connection and intimacy and vulnerability, you're willing to just keep the doors open like, okay, we're gonna get through this. This is gonna be okay, even though you have no clue. So yeah, we did wanna say, just stay intimate with your spouse, even if it's hard, stay intimate. I like what you said about that. Like we, we, we had no clue what else to do. We did it. <laughs> we did it. And apparently we picked the right thing to do. <laughs> You did. I feel like when we do marriage counseling, yeah, we always discuss sex, yeah, as an opportunity for a reset. Oh like, yeah, yeah. It's a reset button. There are cases where there are nth degrees where it's not the wisest things, but in general, yes, in moments right. that need a reset, yeah, can be a reset button. When we were preparing, that that came up with both of us. We're like, oh wow, how are we going to talk about this? But that has been. A huge foundation to mm-hmm. our healing through things. Not like one of us is getting something or trying to manipulate the other with it, but it has been such a key part yeah. of us getting to the next level, keeping the door open. Yeah, because not only you stay vulnerable with one another, but you're saying to God, I'm going to stay vulnerable. I'm watching for you. I, I know you can take care of us. You can heal us. It's just really trusting him. And when you think that the other person hates you, basically, you, mm-hmm. everyone's mind goes there. You know, you're sure. like, oh, they hate me. They don't love me. But when you connect, there's this other spiritual level of this. Like, you can feel that they do love you without talking to you, without having to say the right thing. Well, we're glad that you guys are still in love and still together and still working on improving your relationship and showing other couples that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. If you're feeling like things are hard and we're not going to get through it, stick with it. Yes. Because I think you both are probably very glad that you stuck with it, even through the hard times, that you can come out on the other end intact and still married and still pursuing each other in a healthy relationship. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Absolutely. I don't even feel like we came out on the other end, but we, we just, things just keep getting better. And that happening, to me, I realized it's going to get better even more, you know? So I'm excited about that. So I don't feel like we like we did everything right or we came out on the other side that we've just come to another level of enjoying our marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, this is going to keep going and getting better. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. I mean, we're going to have still have rough times and tough times, but mm-hmm. we know that every time we do, we, we come out of it to a better level. I love like when you've been through enough, you're like, we've done this before. Yes. <laughs> like, we can get through this. Yeah. Where you get to that point where earlier on oh you're beginning to go through stuff. It does feel like it's the end. Yeah. Yes, it's Kate. the end. Yes. You know, but after all of these things, oh. you're like, okay. We got we this. We have been to the this. end so many times. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. But just what that does for perspective where you're here now yes. and saying, oh my gosh, it's, gonna, it's just going to get better and better. We know. Yes. Yeah. It's the we best. Know. Well, we appreciate you guys coming in and sharing your story with us, with Kate and I again, but for the whole world, for the first time. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's terrible. It's okay. Oh my gosh. Well, thanks for having it's us good. back. You yeah, guys do a great job. Back. Love the show. Oh, thanks. Really. Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. 
Bye. Bye. <laughs>